Let's start the show. Beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of I Like Birds podcast. I'm sitting across from my friend, Mr. Ross Rains here. He used to be a worship leader at Mercy Culture. Now he's at Thread. He's doing big things for the kingdom of God. And just God has him on a whole new trajectory in life. So, Ross, how you doing today, brother? Man, doing great. Uh, glad to be here, man. Super excited about today. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, absolutely, man. You are a man after God's own heart. I felt that from the time you you embraced me the first time I met you. And ever since then, every time I come in for a hug, I'm like, man, this guy got the presence of the Lord on him. So oh, uh, I'm just thankful that you get to come on and share your heart for the Lord with our audience, because I think it's really going to touch people with just your story, as well as this, uh, what you have to offer them when it comes to edifying and growing their faith. Yeah, man, it's for sure been a journey. Um you want me to just jump in? Just jump in, dude. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, man. I, um, so when I was 12, I, honestly, I'll start back. I was raised in church, raised in the Baptist church. Um, my dad was an oil-filled guy um, and got saved. And then um, the pastor comes out to our house and literally says, my dad says, man, I don't, I don't dress like you guys. I don't, I don't wear suits. I, I wear Wranglers. I wear button-up shirts, whatever. I don't, I don't really do the things you do. And the pastor said, "Man, if anybody gives you trouble, you let them know. You let you let me know." And and from that point on, we were in church. And uh, that pastor coming out to our house uh, made a massive impact on our family. Whoa! Uh, and he said, "Man, come, come as you are." And so that's kind of how our whole faith journey started. Um, and then when I was uh, just being in the Baptist church, if you were raised Baptist, you kind of understand what I'm saying. But I, I got baptized like three or four times because every time they did an altar call, <laughs> I was like, "Man, I need to get saved again." And so. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I got baptized when I was seven years old, walked the aisle as a kid. And, and I, I, all I remember is I had, um, I was just really emotional that day as a seven-year-old boy and didn't really fully understand what I was doing, but I knew that God was, he was doing something in me. And uh, fast forward, um, we had an awesome childhood, but my dad ended up, when I was 10, he got cancer. Uh, two brain tumors on the, on the right side of his brain. He was a healthy man, just kind of came out of nowhere. And so at 10 years old, I, whether I knew it or not, I kind of died a death as a child. I just lost, I lost some of my childhood at that point because now we're focused on dad. And so um, my dad battled it for about two years. And then when I was 12, he ended up passing away. Um, but man, my dad was a man of faith. Uh, I remember going into the, in the living room and um, my dad would pull out his Bible and we just have a, like a Bible study right there. And and just those types of things just marked me as a child, as a kid. Uh, I remember Promise Keepers. You know, a lot of people can dog Promise Keepers for what it was back in the day. But for me, I'm thankful because it was the moment my dad really rededicated his life to Jesus and started down this path of like, dude, I'm going all in. Yeah. And even when he was sick, man, we didn't miss a day. We didn't miss a Sunday. Uh, my dad gave his testimony at church. Uh, he, was on, he was on a lot of medicines and stuff, so he was highly emotional. Um, but man, his testimony marked people, and there were there were there was probably a thousand or more people at his funeral. Um, just standing room only. Yeah, man, it was just a, it was an amazing. Wow. He was an amazing man, and so it marked me as a as a son. And um, from the time I was twelve on, twelve is one of those really um, integral moments in a boy's life. When you're twelve years old, is kind of when you start kind of finding out who am I going to be. And really, that's when boys need dads in their life to tell them who they are. Well, my dad's not there anymore. And so I start trying all kinds of different things. But at the same time, knowing that 
um, I, had, I had the fear of the Lord. Um, and we were raised that way. And so I started this path of uh, really trying to figure out who I was and uh, kind of just experimented with a lot of different things. Uh, I tried the drinking thing for a little while, even in my junior high years, I was young. Um, I would surround myself with other friends that we were all in sports together. And I just was so unsatisfied. And then when I was 16 or 15 or 16, I started feeling this draw just like, well, I was still going to church and all this time, but I started feeling this draw like, man, there's more. Uh, there's a deeper call. And I literally rededicated my life. I was 15 or 16 at this time at this spirit-filled church, which I, you know, I was only going every now and then. I didn't really know what speaking in tongues was at this time. Had heard it a few times, but was like, I don't even know what these people are saying. This old, this one old woman would stand up sometimes in the middle of service and start going after it. And I'm like, what is she doing? You know? <laughs> and um, I, I, I was, but I was marked. I, I said, Jesus, I want you. I, mm-hmm. I want, I That's want good. all of you. And I was, I didn't want anything else. And um, so at 16, I started this, I started leading worship. I got into this um, little Christian band. We were called Kamikazes for Christ. Yo, uh, that's a dude, lie. It was so good, right? <laughs> and it like, what's funny is that name, you're like, dude, these guys are going to be so hardcore, man. They're going to be so awesome. And then we start singing like Waves of Mercy, Waves of Great, you know, just like these real, really like flighty worship songs. You're like, dude, I thought this was going to be like a screamo band, you know? So, um, but we go back, but we had like shirts made. It was so cool. Um, but man, that was my journey into ministry. So from the time I was 16 until now, the Lord has had me on this ministry journey of literally laying my life down for the mm-hmm. kingdom. Come on, and I've I've learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, and so when you talk about um, Ross, you, I, I see you as a man after God's own heart, and I think about the the guy in the Bible, King David. Mm-hmm. He's a man after God's own heart, but he made some massive mistakes, man. dude. And but we don't we don't remember him as David the adulterer. We don't mm-hmm. remember him as David the murderer. What we remember him as David, a King David, was a man after God's own heart. Like why? And it comes down to his heart. What was his heart posture before the Lord? And I, I can't say that that's I, – I, I welcome you to say that to me, but I'm like, I don't always think of myself that way because I'm still on a journey. Yeah. I'm still on this journey of faith, still on this journey of like humility. I still get attacked with things. I'm still laying my life down every day. And so – uh, yeah, man, this this has been a wild ride. Yeah, uh, sounds full, like it. full of mistakes, full of pain. Uh, but man, the the one thing is a continual heart of going after the Lord and saying, "Lord, I, I want you." Wow, I want you. So, and how much have you grown um, when it comes to? Because you've been on different paths, but when it comes to the worshiping side of your heart mm-hmm. for for the Lord, when you were at Mercy Culture, how much did that elevate your faith and just uh, get you from a place of performance to a place of yeah. presence that, yeah, that, that they preach on? I say it all the time. Until I came to Mercy Culture, I didn't really know what leading worship was. Hmm. I had moments of encountering the Lord, encountering the presence of God, but it was moments. Like I can look back and say, man, there was moments. But I come, I come from a background being raised Southern Baptist. Um, even in the churches we were a part of, um, they were they were very contemporary churches, um, but still had that Baptist flair. And so our services were very structured. So you get three songs, mm. probably going to have somebody come up and do an offering, and then you're going to maybe do one more song at the end. It's going to be slower usually, and then you're all going to sit down and we're going to listen to a sermon. And there really wasn't this. Um, this push to, hey, why are we doing this? What is this really all about? Yes, there was a heart. Don't, I'm not dogging where I came from because 
I learned so much of the word in that environment. The Baptist, I mean, they, they just taught me so much about the word. I love for the word. But when I came to mercy culture, I found out like, oh, wow, this is about the presence of God. Like, yeah. this is about face-to-face encounter with him. This is about letting go of our religious mindsets of what we think church should be like and what we think church is about and what we think these songs are about, and we're actually singing to him. And so, man, it was uh, it was exposing. When I came to Mercy Culture, I felt exposed. I felt super naked. Really? I, was like, I walk into a room. I'm like, dude, they all know like my whole life, and they're not like it's going to be some prophetic words and they come at me and like Ross, I have a word for you, and they're going to like put me out on a on a hang, like on a on a clothesline to dry out, man. I'm like, oh, so freaked out. But I felt so exposed, but yet so hungry uh, to figure out like I want to let go of performance. Mm-hmm. I want it off my life, and. In order for performance to come off your life, you have to die. Wow, that's real. Um, you have to lay down things. And so I had to lay down my ideas of how I think it should be done. And I had to lay down my ideas of ministry. And so my journey at Mercy Culture with worship, man, has been a, has been a learning how to die. Right. And uh, how, how have you taken that into like the role that God has you in right now? And tell me a little bit about that, because I'm kind of confused as to what your role is right now. Yeah. And I'm sure our, our audience wants to hear more about it as well. Yeah, so um, about a year and a half ago, um, let, me, let me back up just a little bit. So yeah, for sure. our pastor, Pastor Landon at Mercy Culture, um, we've been at Mercy Culture for the last six years. We were, we were one of the first families, me and Audrey were one of the first families, not knowing a soul. I didn't know Pastor Landon before six years ago. Yeah, I didn't know up. Pastor Jazz. We saw, a, we saw a Facebook video come across our feed that just like was so random, it felt like. And it was in January of 2018. And we had felt transition coming for our, our life, for our family, but we didn't know fully what it was. We were running a ministry at this point. We had been doing it for the last two years. It was, it was called the Freedom House, Isaiah 61 Ministries. It was for guys out of addiction, out of prison. And so I had this house that was given to us. We were just doing, we were doing ministry the best way we knew how. And I, I, have, I was on staff at my last church, stepped off staff to run this ministry, and um in 2018 we're like okay man the lord's doing something new we don't know what it is but we felt this we felt this draw to go deeper in the presence like mm. what what is this holy who is this holy spirit you speak of you know obviously <laughs> we we talked about him we knew somewhat about him but he was kind of like what our pastor says he was kind of like the uncle at christmas that you're like ah that's the crazy uncle let's put him in the room over here he can eat by himself and we'll all eat together and in fellowship but he's counseling us yeah he's counseling <laughs> yeah yeah so like it was weird right like nobody wanted nobody in our environments really wanted to go deeper into okay why, what are these passages in scripture that talk about they were filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues and all this kind of stuff. And so we were at Gateway in 2018. We went, um, we went. Uh, it actually was before that. I don't remember what the time frame was, but we were at Gateway, and uh, Pastor Robert was talking about a message of the God I never knew. It was a whole sermon series. Very first Sunday he started was when we went on the Holy Spirit. And it started this journey of unlocking and beginning for us to ask questions on Man, I want to know more. Well, what's crazy is my wife comes from a background of church planning and spirit-filled. So she knew mm-hmm. more about the Holy Spirit than I really did. And um, so she began this journey a little bit quicker than I did. She was a lot more open to it. And one day at our house, in the midst of us praying through transition, she comes out of the bedroom after being on the phone with this lady from Gateway that we knew. And she says, uh, hey, 
I just got my prayer language. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? So like she's in the room, this lady's praying over her. And next thing I know, man, Audra's like on fire. And um, the Lord had been using visions and all kinds of stuff to draw Audra in. And so now I'm like, well, now I've like, it puts a demand on me as a husband. And I'm like, I'm either going to uh, draw near and see what the Lord's doing in my wife's heart, or I'm going to back away and not lead. And I had a choice to make. And so um, I just began my own journey. I was like, man, Lord, I want I want more of you. I had had some really bad experiences with uh, spirit-filled Christians. When I went to Africa back in 2009, I was there for three months. What I went part, with a, uh, part of Africa? Uh, Zambia. Okay. Uh, we were out uh, uh, in Livingston, uh, Livingston, Zambia, which is Victoria Falls, one of the seven natural wonders of the world, a beautiful place. And I went with this organization because God led me to go to Africa, and this organization was an Assembly of God organization. And I had no idea what I was signing up for, dude. I'm Baptist boy, and they're like, they, I interview, and they're like, yeah, come on. So I go to Africa, and dude, I'm, I feel like an absolute outsider. Like, I don't feel like I know the Lord because I'm in the midst of all these environments, and people are prophesying, people are speaking in tongues. I'm like, dude, do I even know the Lord? Wow, that's real. Yeah, that's very real. And so I got into I got into some environments, and and this this one pastor one night says, "Hey Ross, I want to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit." And I'm like, cool. And he's like, he like brings me in. It's kind of awkward, you know. And he likes he's like in front of me, and he starts he just kind of starts praying the Spirit, and he's like, "Man, just let it out." And I'm like, "I got nothing." <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming. It's like not nothing's coming. And he and I had this at this point. I had this goatee. It was a pretty long. It looked like I squalled a squirrel's tail. You know, really, Doug Dynasty. Yeah, it was like a goatee down to here. Had it was just it was crazy. Ross. Yeah, <laughs> I was skin bald. Like I had shaved my head razor. Like I was. I looked. I looked pretty scruff. And. And this guy, this pastor grabs my goatee. He says, just let it out. And he grabs my goatee and starts moving my mouth to try to get me to speak in tongues. And I'm like, dude, it ain't coming, man. I'm sorry. Like, I got nothing. And dude, it really, it was like one of those moments I was like, ah. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I said, man, I believe in the gifts. I, I've been around it. I've seen all these people be healed. I've seen uh, people that were possessed by literal demons get freed in, in, my, in front of me in these villages. And I'm like, man, I believe this stuff is real. Like, I know the word talks about it, but I don't know if this gift is for me, mm. like the speaking in tongues thing. And so I, I just, I kind of put it on, I kind of buried it. I was kind of yeah. like, ah, I'm good. And so fast forward back to my wife, you know, back in 2000, I think it was 18 or so, gets her prayer language. I'm going through all those things in my mind that happened in Africa and just the different experiences I've had with spirit-filled believers. And I'm like, man, Lord, I got a lot to, I've got, I feel like I got a lot to overcome. And then it was, but what's crazy about that is that if you'll be willing to surrender, the the Lord can do anything. Mm. Like He can take all that was um, either uh, man, which a lot of things that we experience in life is because men are involved. It's flesh. We're all flesh, and we we mess things up. And when we're not led by the Spirit, we're led by our flesh. There's only two options: you're either led by the Spirit, or you're led by your flesh. If you're led by your flesh, you're going to screw things up. If you're led by the Spirit, uh, you're going to win usually. That's a good word. And um, I say usually, usually all the time. And so I um, fast forward, we meet Pastor Landon at Gateway. He's an intern at Gateway getting ready to launch Mercy Culture. 
And uh, we meet him for the first time. He's like, hey, next time you guys come, let's meet in, a, in one of the offices, and I want to really get to know you guys. So we come the next Sunday, and we're meeting Pastor Landon. And he looks at me, and he says, um, almost one of the first questions Pastor Landon asked, and, he, and if you don't know Pastor Landon, he's super bold. Like, he's in your face, bold, awesome man, just not, not willing to be fake. He says, Ross, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? And I'm like, uh, I think so. <laughs> Well, when I said that, that's the absolute wrong answer to Damn. give Pastor Landon, because now he's like, well, let's find out. And I'm like, oh, gosh, please don't do this again. I don't want to go through this again. And then he meant, he just turns on some music, man, and the peace of and the presence of God fills the room. Mm, and next thing I know, man, he starts prophesying things over me, my childhood, um, some of my teenage years, stuff with my dad. Not, he had no idea who I am. And I feel this um, this groaning in my belly, and I can't. I have no. There's no. There's no words coming out of my mouth. All there is. It's almost this silent cry. But it's like if it could come out loudly, it would have. But it, I had nothing. It was literally just silent. But I had a cry in me, and I walked out of that room, and I looked at Audra. I said, "What just happened?" And then from that day forward. Like phrases would come to me, and I never stopped praying in tongues until that day, since that day. And so that was my start with mercy culture. I'm, I guess a new journey. I'm like, dude, we went from no no prayer language, uh, goateeing, goateeing, <laughs> hurt from the church, all this kind of stuff, to oh my gosh, baptized with fire and the Holy Ghost, man. And, and we've just been going after it since day one. And so it's been a crazy journey. Jeez, dude. Yeah, yeah crazy journey. Like yeah, crazy journey. Um, and now you're part of that same internship program just kind of at Mercy Culture, right, to kind of go on and do your, yeah. own, your and, own ministry? Yeah, so a year and a half ago, um, we felt the stirring again to start doing ministry. Um, we had kind of buried it. Pastor Lannon had asked us, um, and, and, and full like humility. He's like, man, I don't want to bring this to you. I'm not trying to control you. So I'm just trying, I'm bringing to you what I feel like the Lord has been sharing with me. And the beauty of that was the Lord had already been sharing with us things about the ministry we were doing. And he had already asked me to do specific things. And so Pastor Landon meets with me and my ministry partner at this point, Mark Taylor, his good brother. And um, he says, guys, um, I've just been, I've been feeling, he said, I'm just in humility, I don't want to say this. I don't want you to feel controlled. So he said, "I'm kind of like," he's he's not wasn't afraid, but he's just like, "Man, I'm I'm cautious. I'm I'm being careful how I say this, but I feel like you're supposed to lay down I sixty one." And I looked at Pastor Lannon in full like peace. I said, "Pastor Lannon, yes, I will lay it down. I will lay it down." <laughs> I said, "The Lord already told me to." Wow. And so we laid down our ministry. Um, we had some property. We sold it. The Lord told us what to do with the money. We gave the money, all the money away, and we were like, cool, we're good. And I really thought at that point, like ministry, I kind of just kind of was like, all right, Lord, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. And so I started doing construction stuff, all this stuff. And, but I didn't know that I had in my heart, I buried ministry. I said, I think I'm done. Um, there had just been so many different things. I think really disappointments, you know, if I was honest. And so we started this journey with Mercy Culture, and then a year and a half ago, the Lord starts stirring in us again, ministry. 
Well, he had started stirring it somewhat at Mercy Culture when we were laying down that ministry. Like, even though I thought it was dead, I would still kind of like try to perform. Like, ah, maybe if they if they see me, then I'll be worthy and valuable. But what the Lord had to do in the next three years to get us to a year and a half ago was he had to literally get me to continue to be Isaac on the altar wow. and say, ministry has to die in you, Ross, for it to be rebirthed. And so a year and a half ago, when we're starting to get stirred, I'm like, no, 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 no. This art, this is died. Like this is dead. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't even want to let my heart go there. You know? Yeah. But we started letting our heart go there. But in all transparency, at this point in our life, at this point in our walk with our church, we had some hurt inside of us. We had some uh, some offense, honestly, and we were working through. We were trying to really be honest about how we were feeling, and I was. I, I had nothing to hide. I was being honest with my pastors at Mercy Culture. I was being honest with leaders, just telling them what's going on, what we're feeling, honestly, what we're being led to. But you can you can birth something like Isaac, or you can birth something like Ishmael. Ooh. And that's kind of what the Lord was revealing to us. Yeah. And so we, we're on this journey, and I'll come back to that Ishmael-Isaac moment here in just a second, but... We're on this journey, and so it this this thing culminates with us meeting with Pastor Landon in his office in uh, last year uh, in April, last year of April. And he gives us three options. He says, for one, I want to tell you guys, I love you, Ross and Audra. You guys are amazing. Pastor Heather's in this room, too. And it was an amazing, amazing moment. Um, but he gave us three options. He says, you can, you can be celebrated out, which we're going to celebrate. We love you guys. He says, you can be blessed out. He says, I don't know exactly what all that means, but that's a second option. He says, or you can be sent. He says, if you're sent, you're, you're a son of the house. He said, it's like me giving away my daughter in marriage. She still has keys to my house. She'll always be my daughter. He says, sent is like that. Is you go out. It's like marriage, like we're giving you away, we're sending you, but you always have keys to come back to the house. You can come into the fridge, you can get anything you want, whatever food you need, whatever. Whatever I have is yours. And I was like, man, the third option sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew that that meant I had to die again. Yeah. Because our plan was to leave from that meeting the next month to possibly plant a church in Cleburne. And so I'm like, we go home that night, and I was desperate to hear the Lord. Yeah, like Lord speak. I was desperate. Yeah. I said, Lord, dreams, visions, something, prophetic, Give me something. I need something, man. <laughs> I need it. I I will not move unless you say. And so I have. I go to bed that night. I have two prophetic visions back to back. The first, the first, or sorry, there were dreams. The first dream was this mercy culture like worship setting, and I'm sitting there, and there's this guy to my right. He's a cameraman. He's on the outside looking in, and. um I, I, the security guard comes up behind me. He says, um, I don't know who this man is. He's pointing to the camera guy. He says, I don't know who this guy is, but there's something off about this guy, something not right. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, he's a camera guy, you know. Well, all of a sudden it shifts, and now I'm facing, I'm, I'm more of like a facing the crowd. Like it's like a worship setting. Uh, and I am all of a sudden able to hear what's going on on the security channel. And I hear on the security channel this guy up top, and he's like a sniper almost. And he's this guy used to be at Mercy Culture. He was a phenomenal guy. Anyways, he's talking to the other security guy. And he goes, um, he says, man, I don't know who this guy is. 
but if you have the shot, take it. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, dang, man, this guy must not be good. Y'all better make sure, like, you're about to take the shot. Well, next thing I know, there's no shot taken. The camera guy puts down his camera, turns and faces the stage. Four other guys come down the aisles, and the church gets taken hostage. And I'm like, dang. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I got to do something. Well, the dream ends. Nothing happens. But it left that tension of, dude, the church just got taken hostage. And I felt like it was like it, some of it was on me um, in leadership. So second dream starts. I'm now in this smaller worship setting, and I'm cleaning off the stage, just getting it ready. And next thing I know, people start walking in. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't prepared. Well, then Pastor Jasmine, our, our worship pastor at Mercy Culture, and then Pastor Matt Wakefield, another pastor at Mercy Culture, walk into the room. And it hits me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, oh crap, I'm supposed to preach today and I'm not ready. You're just sweeping. I'm, I'm cleaning the stage, man. I'm just doing what, whatever. And, I, and, I, and what's funny is I, I said, I'm supposed to preach and I'm supposed to preach on healing. And I was like, crap, I'm not ready. And in my performance mind of ministry in this dream, I start dreaming and scheming of ways to how I'm going to do this. And so I went to the, I went to the, you know, back in the past, we had, you know, you get about 30 minutes of a message. So in my mind, I'm like, I can preach for 15 minutes on healing, which I don't know anything about what I'm going to say. And then the other 15 minutes, I'm going to take everybody outside to our property. We have an arena and I will, and in the natural, in this time, I was training a wild Mustang. Honestly, I really was. But in the dream, I said, so I'm going to preach for 15 minutes on healing, and then I'm going to take everybody out to the arena and show them how I tame a wild Mustang. I was like, man, that's a great idea. This is why we had the tractor, folks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It all makes sense now, right? And so I'm like, what in the world? And then I feel a gut punch from the Holy Spirit at the end of the dream. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And the first answer he gave me, he says, Ross, you never asked me for help. Second answer he gave me, he says, Ross, you never asked your pastors for help. And I just woke up with like this, oh. So it was just prophetic for, for us. Dude, James. Come on. I was reading this before y'all came through. I was like, Lord, where, where am I going? James. James 4 says, you ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motive so that you may spend it on your pleasure. So right before that, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. So you weren't asking the Lord. You weren't asking the pastors either. Ooh. Yeah. So to that verse, I didn't ask. I did everything in my flesh, which takes me to a next encounter that I had the next morning as I woke from these dreams. I go out and I'm, uh, I'm literally in the arena with my Mustang. I'm training him. I was training him for an event that I was doing. And so I, this, that, that morning, I was going to, I roped him around the neck and then I wrapped the rope around his body to get him desensitized to not being afraid anymore. Mm. And so I do it. Um, he's going absolutely crazy. It's kind of cold outside. He's sweating. There's steam. It's like a perfect movie moment. You know, you got steam off the horse. It's cold. This beautiful wild Mustangs that are running around this arena. And he, at the end of this time that I'm training him, he desensitizes enough. He starts walking over to me, and I put my hands on his face, and I start talking to my horse. I'm like, like if you walked out of there, you'd be like, dude, Ross is out of there. What is he doing? <laughs> and I look at I look at my horse in the eyes, and his name's Rocky. I said, Rocky, sometimes I have to put you in fearful situations to show you there's nothing to be afraid of. Ooh. 
And right when I said the words out of my mouth, man, I got gut punched again by the Lord. And I started crying in the arena. And I'm just like, oh, Lord, that was for me. And I look out into the field, and the next words that the Father speaks to me um, are, Ross, you've been a wild donkey of a man. And I was like, oh. Well, at this point, I wasn't well-versed in what wild donkey of a man. I couldn't remember where I was in Scripture. And so I immediately went to uh, Esau and Jacob. And I'm like, oh, well, Esau was a hairy man. You know, he lost the blessing because Jacob stole it. I'm like, I lost the blessing. I need to repent and get the blessing. And so the whole day I'm thinking in my mind, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, it's Esau. And then later on that day, I tell Audra about the whole encounter. And she goes, have you looked it up in the Word? (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) Why would I do that? And my wife's so good, man. So she challenged me. Go find in the Word. I look it up in the Word. It's in Genesis and it's literally talking about Ishmael. And that it literally is worse than Esau. <laughs> it was worse for me in my mind. And I literally, in that moment, you do not have because you do not ask in, in, in James, uh, it will lead you to birth Ishmael's. It will lead you to birth things from the flesh. And that's the whole thing. Wow. That's the whole thing the Lord was trying to keep me from. He's a good father. If you can hear hard words from the father, because he disciplines those he loves, yes. he will, if you will listen to the father and the hard things he says, it will mm-hmm. keep you from birthing Ishmael's, which is exactly what it kept us from doing. And so fast forward, we have our second meeting with Pastor Landon. I share all these encounters, share all these prophetic dreams. And, we, and the father tells me before we head into the meeting, he says, Ross, whatever, whatever Pastor Landon asks you to do, do it. And so, dude, at this point, I'm submitted. I'm surrendered. I'm like, Lord, I'll do whatever you say. You have my heart. You have my life. So if we would have birthed out of the first meeting a church without being sent, we because we're sons and daughters, we would have had some favor and some blessing because we're sons and daughters, right? He just He's a good father. That's how good he is. But because we submitted and we died on the altar and became an Isaac and said, Lord, you can have my life. All of a sudden, a year later, we now have the full favor of our church and our pastor, our covering, to now go birth an Isaac and continue to birth Isaacs that would then lead other generations to the kingdom. Mm. I mean, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of submission. It's the beauty of repenting. That's the beauty of hearing hard things from the Father because He disciplines those He loves. And if you can hear hard things, He will lead you down paths of righteousness. Um, And so, man, that's where we're at, man. We're literally now, Pastor Lane, I I had a phone call with him yesterday, and he said, Ross, whatever you want to do, he said, I'm sending you. Dude, let's go. Whatever you want to do. If that's Thread Church, I'll send you there. If it's planning a church, I'll send you there. If it's going to Africa, whatever you want to do, he says, I I, I will send you. Because of of your obedience, because of your sacrifice, because he's seen what you – like what you've laid down, right? Yeah. And that's why? And that's yeah. that's like where it goes. So what is that thing? Have you expressed that to him? Yeah, man. I think we're we're still we're still in the um we're still we had oh, I don't know how to say this, man. We're still in the dreaming phase and really figuring out what what the Lord desires. But here's the beauty thing. This is a story um that we had the other day in in one of our pastor track meetings, the internship that me and Pastor Alex and a few other guys are a part of is Pastor Landon gave a, a story about Gateway and um, they were gonna buy this property 
um, years ago. Um, and all the elders and everybody was in unity on it. They were going to buy that property. So they present it to the church. And they said, hey, this is the property we're going to buy. Um, everybody's in unity. This is what we're going to do. And then during that, uh, during that Sunday service when, when they're presenting this land, this other landowner in the audience gets like rocked by the Holy Spirit. He says, I've got to tell them about my property. And so then this man goes and tells the elders of Gateway, hey, I've got a different property. I just want to submit it to you. I think it could be a better option. Well, before that, before when they were making the first decision, they didn't have this information of this property, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were all in unity on the property they were going after. But when this new information came, now they have to go back to the Lord with new information and say, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? You see, sometimes we think that um, we've got to go down the one path that the Lord already uh, called us. We're all in unity. Yeah, but maybe he just called you to let everybody else know so exactly. that other door would open, yeah, that yeah. new path would open. Because yeah. the, the beauty of that was they were all in unity. Everybody was going forward, so they presented it to the church. Well, this guy never hears if they don't present that to the church, right? Right. So because of that obedience, now there's new, inf- to, yeah. new information. Ooh, that's good. So all these elders go and they pray about this new property, and they say, this is the property that we're supposed to buy. It's the new one. And I think that's kind of how we feel right now. Me and Audrey were like, man, we were going this way, Mm -hmm. but man, there's new information. And so we were like, (laughs) Lord, what do you want to do? And so I think we're just on this journey, you know? Yeah, right. You're waiting for the new information? (laughs) Yeah, waiting for new information. We're we're just, we're in the midst of prayer right now. Um, But really, like, honestly, what what we've felt um, uh, up to now is the Lord led us to Cleburne for a reason. We love Thread Church and we're, Thread has our full heart, hmm. and we're going that way, and just being obedient to what the Lord says. And uh, I think um, I've told Pastor Alex, like, man, I, I love Pastor Alex, man. He's just a he's an amazing man. Um, but right now, what it looks like is um, helping to shepherd Thread Church right now and be yeah. there. And um, let's go, yeah, man. So I love it. Man. It's pretty crazy. We love having you there, man. And um, I think that's beautiful. And a lot of what you covered right now was spiritual covering. That's kind of the overall kind of consensus of what you and Landon's interactions have looked like. And I feel that's actually what me and Alex talked about on the first episode we did of this year that I feel like has really been carrying us as far as just understanding what that looks like. So for those that are like listening that maybe aren't in a spiritual Mm -hmm. um, ministry calling Mm -hmm. or maybe um, just walking with Christ and following Christ and loving on the Lord, how would like what kind of advice would you give them listening to kind of apply something similar in their lives that doesn't have to do with like, what should you do in ministry, but more so like, what should you do with your life yeah. uh, as a believer? Yeah, man. I, I say surround yourself with um, somebody that you really, that has spiritual maturity and begin to submit things to them. Don't walk life alone. Mm. Um, if you if you make all of your own, I'm not saying like there's a point in, ma- in maturing as a Christian, but there's also this point where, where I, as a believer, will never not include others in my decision process. Now, there's things that obviously me and my family, I'm the covering of my family, and we make decisions together. But at the same time, I, I'm always submitting things to my my brothers. I'm like, hey, man, what are, you, what are you hearing with this? And I think if you get used to constantly saying, man, we don't have a grip on anything, we're not holding it tightly, but our hands are open like this, yeah. and it's literally like, 
Lord, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, the moment you start gripping things is the moment you start taking control. Mm -hmm. But if you'll continue to live like this with your hands off of it, Mm. um, man, the Lord can literally speak and, and honestly add new things that you were never even thinking of. Right. That's the beauty of submission. That's the beauty of submitting things to your brothers, to uh, pastors, to those that are in authority or whatever over you. Um, it's a beautiful thing. I love um, that. That's so good. Yeah. And I think I think we need to hear that because we have a hard time with that because we are so yeah. con- like we've been kind of raised differently, even in the faith. I feel like the spiritual covering side of things are the first time I ever heard about it was at Thread. Yeah. And then once me and Alex kind of talked about it, I started kind of talking to some spiritual brothers and like it became a full on understanding of like, yes, this is necessary. Yes, this is something to consider. This is something to bring to people around you, like you're saying, that do have that spiritual maturity. Because not only that, you're protected in prayer. You have somebody to turn to for guidance. You're almost like you almost have spiritual fathers. Yep. And that's so needed when you're a son of God. Totally. You know? and, totally. and it's so good. And I love that you share that. So thank you for that, because yeah. I know that there's people listening right now that aren't in you know the world of ministry, but yeah. do need to hear how they can go about it. Yeah. And there's also people probably listening that are in environments that are not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so they're being controlled. Uh, and that's a different. Um, if you're being controlled, like you're being um told what to do all the time and you're not being led to go encounter the Lord for yourself and then come back and share what you hear. I mean, the beauty thing of mercy culture is that it's the vision of the church is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters. It's literally to hear God for yourself. Start that relationship with the Lord. Hear God for yourself. And then invite people to help guide you along the way. Mm-hmm. Pastors aren't there to control you. That's not what they're there for. They're, yeah. they're there to shepherd offer wisdom you. and yeah. shepherd. Um, so, Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Let's uh let's see who we got listening. We got Aaron Ash from Cleburne. Thank you so much for commenting and tuning in today, brother. We appreciate you. You're always so faithful and we love you for that. Uh Kelly Ray, she was actually one of our recent guests this year. She has an awesome testimony. She came on. Thank you for being here, Kelly. Awesome. Uh, if you're watching right now, leave a comment where you're listening from. And if you are watching, I got this for my friend Ross Rains to try today. This is actually Magic Mind. Uh they've been partnering with us for the last three episodes. This is episode number four, and we're so excited about it because it's the way we've been kind of cutting back on our coffee as well as increasing our productivity and uh, it's helping even with stress it's a good thing so i want you to try it on air today let's try it Uh, it does taste healthy so keep in mind so let's cheers to some some magic wine and we'll we'll, uh, talk about it a little bit after that what you think man Man, it's actually not bad. Yeah, right? You were expecting something yeah. like way more green. Well, you know, it looks like wheatgrass. <laughs> and I was like, man, it's going to have like a, a strong, like grassy taste. But man, it's got a great, it's actually got a great fruity flavor. Yeah, it's good, man. It, yeah. has, it has really great stuff in it that really just keeps things uh, moving and grooving in your life to really cut out from the coffee and the, and the energy drinks and stuff like that. And they, they actually hooked our people up uh, for everybody listening. You can go to magicmind.com slash birds and you can get a subscription for 56% off basically your last month is free and then you also get uh 20% off an extra 20% off if you listen to the show by typing in birds 20 in the promo code and they send it straight to your house you don't even have to worry about it or think about it and then boom you load them up in your fridge and in the morning you can take one um alongside your coffee if you want or even just without i think you'll have great results in your in your daily life so we really appreciate them partnering with us you can check the episode uh description for the full link to go straight there and we appreciate all those that support our people that support us so thank you so much for that and uh man ross let's talk about healing dude you mentioned that earlier and i feel like there there needs to be conversations Mm. about it because i got a testimony i want to share with you as well as people come on uh you were there um two sundays ago yeah 
when Brother Ryan yeah. uh, was preaching and um, Buddy Smooth, yeah. Buddy Smooth with it yeah, on there yeah. on stage about um, and just his preaching really touched me. And um, I kept feeling the stirring of the Holy Spirit because um, our kids, Ezekiel and Malachi, we, we had them in the service with us and they were just like not having it. They were, you know, being mm-hmm. being toddlers, you know, yeah, so yeah. Catherine had to take them outside because uh, they were kind of disturbing um, the room a little bit. And uh, I get that stirring of like, man, Catherine needs to be in here for this. Catherine needs to be in here for this. So I text her. I'm like, yo, come back in for healing. They're, they're doing altar call right now. Come in. And um, so she comes in. I was like, I'll watch the kids, you know, like as much as I want a healing, you know, I, I felt more like the Holy Spirit kind of lead me to invite her in. So I took over the kids. She was there. And then next thing you know, she's getting prayed over by Pastor Alex for healing because uh, I haven't really shared this with our audience because the testimony hasn't been completed yet. Yeah. But for um, a few years now, actually, I shared a little bit with with um, during Zeke's time. But when she was pregnant with Ezekiel, her her platelets were, uh, which is blood related, yeah. were super low to the point where we had to get vitamin. She had to get vitamin C infusions every month. Had to go to extra appointments. Had to be extra monitored. And there was a high chance that she was, she was basically high risk pregnancy. Okay. And uh, she wanted to do like a home birth, uh, but that was at risk. But uh, through prayer, she was able to have Ezekiel uh, at home, and it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful experience, and um, her platelets held up strong, but it was something that she wanted to get uh, resolved before we had our next child. So for the last year, since January of 2023, we've been she saw a like a full functioning doctor to kind of just get a full on diagnosis of everything that was occurring inside, you know, the root issue of it. And uh, we discovered along the way during that path that she had Lyme disease. And Lyme disease is something that is mm. um, there forever, um, but also it is treatable. So she started doing like a protocol to try to help with that and was seeing um, a little bit of uh, results, but nothing too crazy. And there were still issues with um, the platelets and stuff. So that Sunday, um, that's what we were praying for her to be healed and her platelets and her blood and whatnot. And then so Ryan on stage, he was doing that thing where I guess the Lord was giving him words as far as what people needed healing from. He had one person, he was sharing like somebody here has a broken heart, boom, raised their hand. One person has um, knee pain or something, raised their hand. And then next thing you know, he's, he's praying, he's praying. And then boom, somebody here has an issue with blood. And then who, he goes, who has issue with blood? Mm. Catherine raised her hand. And then boom, I get hit with the spirit like, like that gut punch you're saying where yeah. I, I just start interceding even yeah. though our kids are running back and forth i'm like y'all keep doing that i'm gonna be interceding you know <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all do you yeah do you yeah you know the lord sees you nobody's made it yeah, to yeah, you right yeah, now yeah, y'all yeah. climb the bench in yeah. the corner in the stairs so go ahead you know nobody's watching and um so i'm praying i'm interceding for her and then boom like i just feel this peace that she got healed like i felt like this full confirmation from the lord of like wow like he came through yep. it worked it worked uh the following tuesday she was getting her labs a, a new lab report or whatever submitted the labs and um got them back a few days later after that and her platelets were at 147 when normally they're in the like low hundreds even wow. the 90s so wow. it was sky high wow. uh never been that high in our entire um in our entire marriage so she like was overwhelmed with just gratitude and praise for the lord and uh, it was a really cool thing because i got to see healing in my own life in my own circle and the power of that and then um when uh, Pastor Ray came on on Sunday and he shared the, the testimonies and stuff. Cause of course we shared it with Brenna and I'm sure she told Ray and he was saying like, I think eight people were healed and two miraculous healings. 
And uh, it was just so cool to be one of those numbers. But then he said something very powerful. He said, if the healing has happened, that means that he's near. And to like lean into that and respond to that and like respond to knowing that he's near. And um, so I just wanted, and I, and I also be uh, like, let's be real. Like I saw like Audra really like mm-hmm. leaning into the healing prayer as well and was very emotional. Yep. So I wanted to ask you, did you guys experience any kind of healing in, in, in that room as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just quick backstory, Audra got diagnosed. And when I say this, we're not, we don't, we don't, we don't fully receive it, but mm-hmm. it's a diagnosis from a natural doctor. Um, is she got she got rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis when she was early twenties, and so mm-hmm. um, we've been contending for healing uh, even more now coming to Mercy Culture because we didn't really know how to contend back in the day. Um, but man, the Lord on on that Sunday she had some swelling going on in her hand, and it ended up that day like going down, and so we saw. Uh, healing happened in that moment, but we're continuing contending for full healing in our body. What's interesting that we're talking about this because uh, last night Pastor Matt Wakefield invited me to uh, Mercy Culture this morning. They were uh, the spiritual leadership school there. It was doing a they were contending for healing this morning. And Pastor Matt, man, if you don't know his story, he's just got an amazing testimony. You probably need to invite him sometime. He's a phenomenal, man. Connect me. Yeah, I will. Um, but he has a crazy testimony and he's a, he's a scrapper when it comes to the spirit. Like he, he loves to scrap in the spirit. He loves to contend for mm. things and go after things because Jesus paid a full price. Yeah. And really what, um, this morning was about was, uh, I told him, I, I just got diagnosed, uh, as well through a holistic doctor, uh, with a, a, a hypothyroid autoimmune thyroid. And I've been having like struggles with my thyroid. I can kind of feel it swell sometimes in my neck and, I can feel tired sometimes and my energy's yeah. low. And so we're right now, I'm just like contending just with my diet, just trying to change diet and um, exercise and stuff like that. But this morning or last night when he texted me, I told him all that. I said, man, I don't think Audra can come today, but I will be there and I want to contend. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I want to be healed. And um, he said, it's your portion. It's our portion as sons and daughters. Healing is our portion. Mm, and on. I think sometimes we think of uh, different ailments like, oh, I've got a back issue. Well, it's not going to kill me. It's okay. And we write it off. We write yeah. it off. Like we just receive it as something that, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Or like for me, like autoimmune. Well, I can, you know, you can get medicine. You can take care of it. It's not going to kill you. And if we're not careful in the in our subconscious and sometimes in our conscious, we're actually accepting things that Jesus paid a price for. Ooh. And um, I think uh, for me, this morning was so good. He and Pastor Matt just gave some great insight and wisdom. But we begin to contend, and I actually felt like different things going on in my body as we were praying. But he said, "Some of you need to take medicine, and your medicine needs to be the Word and Thanksgiving." And um, that's what I walked away with this morning. And I had a guy, he's a influential man at Mercy Culture, a big prophetic voice. His name's Papa James. Um, he just, he came in front of me. He says, man, Ross, all I hear is it is finished. It is done. Mm. It is finished. It is done. And we were even contending over Audra. And so, uh, man, I think uh, what's funny, and Pastor Matt said this this morning too, he said, man, if we're not careful, we look for um, we look for the effects of healing not happening rather than looking for the effects of there's something going on that's good. Ooh. Because the negative sometimes outweighs what the Lord's doing. And it can be a slight something that's good happening. Like like Pastor Matt said, man, some of you will wake up tomorrow morning and you'll feel better for the first time. 
He said, you need to start receiving that you're walking. You're going to walk in healing. You're going to, you're receiving it. If we're not careful, we let, oh man, but I've still got this pain here. And we focus on the little pain there instead of the victory that we're getting in this other area. And if you're not careful, you start partnering again with the lies from the enemy that you'll never walk in healing or you'll you'll yeah. always deal with this or whatever it is. And I'm not discrediting doctors. Doctors have a place. The Lord uses doctors. Luke uh, was a doctor, obviously, in the, in the scripture. And so doctors do carry a place. They help us. Um, but if we're not careful, we'll run to man before we run to God. That's right. And uh, you just have to be mindful of that. Am I running to man more than I'm running to God? Um, and just listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, but, and one word that uh, Kenneth is actually here. Kenneth Cleary, thank you so much for being here today, brother. Yeah, you're Kenneth. taking... You're uh, making this whole thing a whole vibe, and people are going to really get to see behind your lens and what you do. Uh, Legacy photography, legacy media, baby. He's out here doing big things for the kingdom of God, so we appreciate you, brother. Uh, He actually shared this word with me because I was sharing with him the healing testimony. You're actually the only person I shared that with so far until this moment, and um, it was this powerful stuff. He was saying that like uh, he encouraged me because I was telling him that we sowed um, a lot of money last year into uh, figuring out what the issue was with her. Uh, literally, like you have to do, like um, especially when you don't have insurance, you're just over here. Ooh, boy, yeah, out of pocket, arm, arm and leg yeah, out of yeah, pocket. You're yeah, like, yeah. you like have a subscription for totally. the for, for the doctor. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like it's like it's like twenty x to Netflix subscription. Let's just say that. Yeah, you know. And um, so I was telling him, I was like, yeah, man, it kind of depleted our finances a little bit, and we're trying to like come up with that. But um, now on this side, knowing that like she's healed, like we're really like grateful for that because of this um, moment. And he was like encouraging me, like the fact that like we sewed into our health and we like and the Lord honored that with the healing you know so I think a lot of times that you know we can have um like you're saying, we can kind of take that diagnosis and just live with it, uh, but also like being intentional about investing in yep. your health and investing in uh, how you can improve on it and doing the protocols and doing the things that cost money. Yep. And the Lord is going to see that and, and you stewarded your health and he's going to reward that yep. with healing. Yeah. And, and yeah, man, it comes down to stewardship too. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful, man. So, so yeah. we're praying uh, full restoration and healing over both you and Audra, man. Yeah, um, thank you. It was beautiful, and I got to see. Um, it's funny you say the hands thing because I, you know, I, I looked back and um, you know I sit in front of you guys at, at Thread and I saw your sweet boy Zeke like rubbing your mom, uh, yeah. running, rubbing Audra's hands, and I was yeah. just like, oh, I was just like, you know, just seeing that and just seeing the love he had for her, it was yeah. very special. And you, you raised some good kids, man. Yeah, it's man. all on them. Literally in that moment, Zeke looks up at mom and says, uh, "Mom, I know." I know God's going to heal you. Mm, his faith, dude. I know he's going to heal you. Yeah. Like he's going to heal you. Yeah. He has no no doubt in his mind. And we've been in prayer times in our living room contending for things. And, and Zeke said the same thing. Mm. And literally because it hasn't fully happened the way we think it should happen now, Zeke's faith has never ceased to be. Wow. Just full heat. He's just full faith. I'll, I'll tell you something about Zeke, man. He's the... He's the kid that makes me want to join the um, the serving team for the for the whatever grade, grade is. I think it's like six to twelve or uh-huh. whatever yeah. that, that we're yeah. gonna put in place. Yeah. I'm like, I want I want to I want to steward into that kid's life. Yeah, you know, man. I want to be I want to be around him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, just good kid, man. And my I have a ten year old. and I feel like him and Noah's gonna come up for the summer, and I'm like, we gotta we gotta Absolutely. we gotta connect, we gotta hang because our kids are gonna definitely gel well. Uh, them too for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, and I was going to ask you when, 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 um, pastor Ryan said, um, or pastor Ray said there was two miraculous healings and then eight other healings. What's the difference between the two? Do you know, this was a question I kind of, uh, struggled with when I was just in the, in the pews that day. Yeah, man. Uh, if I, 
I don't fully remember the the context of uh, which ones were which, but I, if I had to guess in my mind right now, the miraculous healings were a full healing of like back, knees. Like I think one of the guys felt like, I think it was something with his cartilage on his knee mm-hmm. and he literally felt like he had full range of motion or something at that point. It felt like cartilage came back on his knee. That would be a miraculous, like almost like a creative miracle. Like in the moment. Yeah, in yeah. the moment. And so okay. then other, other healings would be like, like somebody with a broken heart Mm-hmm. Um, and literally their broken hearts being healed. Yeah. Um, that's not saying that's not miraculous. It's just different. It's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. Miraculous it, yeah. is also like the other day uh, when I went to Corpus uh, Christi, we went to Audra's grandparents' church last uh, Sunday and I preached there. And we actually saw a lady start receiving the start of her sight back. She walked in, she couldn't see. As we're praying for her, she goes, I can kind of see you now. She goes, I can see a little bit better. And we started praising God for the little bit better. And then we started mm. continuing for more. But we started seeing an increase. And then, like, literally, she she uh, looked like she had a downcast shadow on her face. All of a sudden, it looked like the glory of the Lord was shining. Like, her face started shining. And I could see life back in her body. And literally, it's just because people cared enough to be hands and feet of Jesus and contend for healing in people. Wow, that's you so You can good. change somebody's life. Absolutely, change somebody's life by praying for them. Yeah, when Ray, when um, Pastor Ryan, you know, asked us to pray for a hundred people. Yeah, um, we were at. Um, actually, your friends were at the same spot. Darren, you know, Darren uh, that came to see. Yeah, okay. Griffin. So yeah. I went and I said hey to them that same Sunday. Yeah, um, and his wife, I think Lindsay. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, okay. Lindsay. Yeah, uh, and I like talked to them. You know, chopped up. They told me they were friends with you, and they're you know in the season of you know looking for a church and, mm-hmm. and going where the Lord leads them. Tell me how I, I go from uh, Cleburne all the way to Burleson, and we end up being at the same restaurant. These That's two, wild. which is wild, right? Yeah. So I um, but I'm walking in to get our name on the list or whatever, and I see this woman with a cane, an older woman, uh-huh. and um, I was like. All right, you know, I gotta be obedient, you know. Like I tried <laughs> to walk, I know. I tried. I literally tried to walk past her to hold the door open, and then I just like shut the door, and I was like, "Ma'am, can I pray for you?" And she's like, "Absolutely," That's you know, awesome, a little old man. lady. That's and awesome. um, bro, I ended up praying for her, and um, I felt the spirit like moving through me, you know, and, and especially when it came to like what I was praying over, I was like, nah, I, I, "I didn't say that," you know. And um, she started getting emotional, started tearing up, and she knew, like, she received the healing. She she said, "I'm healed," like I'm healing today, like I'm healed. Yeah. And um, got emotional and uh, ended up putting our name on the list. Go back to the car, wait for my in-laws to come in. She was super blessed by it, you know. Um, uh, and then next thing I know, like 20 minutes later, we go into the restaurant. We end up sitting at the same hibachi table as a lady that we prayed for across from Darren wow. in the same little private room. It was almost like a room of kings of like for the Lord, so you know good. what I mean? And then one of the guys that she was with was actually a pastor that just got back from Uganda. And I was with my mother-in-law who has a Uganda ministry. We start wow. you know, talking stories and stuff. The Lord set it all up. I set it all up. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I'm talking to her. I was like, I'm going to sit right next to her, you know, and she starts sharing more things with me. And then uh, she asked me to pray for her son who also needs healing. So we start praying and interceding for him wow. and it was just like crazy because yeah. it's like the lord just kind of orchestrated all this in one day like after Catherine received healing which obviously we didn't know the whole confirmation yep. in the in the physical but in the spirit i knew like she got healed yeah. you know yeah and that was a really cool feeling that was the first time i experienced that you know what i mean like that was like oh i can't yeah. wait to share this on the pod because no, like man. it's it's real it was a real like piece of like yeah 
Lord, you did it. Yeah. You know, and I knew you would do it, but yeah. you did it today. Totally. You know, and like, totally. here it is. Yeah. You know, and it was good. so powerful. And it was just cool to just see the Lord kind of moving through all that in the, in the spirit of healing, you know, and like, man, I'm telling you, I've been going to Thread now since uh, they opened, you know, I was there week one. And just to see all the spiritual uh, gifts kind of that's happened there and the growth as well as just the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Spirit yeah. um, has been really, you know, it makes going to, going to church amazing. It makes going to church exciting because anything can happen. Happen. The Lord yeah. can break out anything, you know, yeah. and it's so cool to just be a part of that. So for our Thread family that listens and is watching, Wreath, we see you. We got Thread Church actually listening right now. We love you guys, and we're just thankful that we get to um, come do church and yeah, um, and do life with you guys. We're waiting for the Lord to show up. Yeah, man. Yeah. So tell me about the conference that you just went to. What was that like? Yeah, man. Um, we just got we just got back from a marriage conference. We were given tickets from our best friends, uh, Mark and Jen Taylor, and um, you know. You you hear about marriage conferences, and honestly, sometimes I back of your head. You're like, ah, boring. Yeah, don't, don't know if I want to go to the cheese fest, you know. Um, and so, I, so me and Audra were like, man, we've been wanting to go, like, get a hotel and just get away for a couple of days. And we we're like, dude, this is perfect opportunity. That That's is free, opportunity. free tickets, man. Yeah. And so it was at Fellowship Church in Grapevine. We ended up getting a hotel at Embassy Suites because they have uh, free breakfast in the mornings, and I love their breakfast. Um, and so I was like, well, out of anything, at least going to embassy suites will be a win, you know? And dude, I was literally, uh, the conference was amazing. I was super impressed. Um, it literally shattered, uh, some just different lies in my mind about this conference and the Lord started using it and great speakers, but really the, the true, um, breakthrough came that, that, that first night when we got back home from the conference and. We got finished with dinner and get back to the hotel. And me and Audrey were just talking. And you know how like the Lord has, you know, he's been leading you to do something for a long time. He's kept putting like, it off. And you're just kind of like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm afraid, honestly. And I had all these lies in my head about why I shouldn't do it. And then I had lies about how strong my marriage was. Which is crazy, you know? We've been married for 12 years, going on 12 years. And so I'm like, I this lie of if I share this, she's going to leave and um, our foundation's going to literally crumble. And so I'm like in bed and I'm like, man, I, I need to share this, but I don't know how to do it. And dude, I was, I, I was like a little, it was, I was a little kid, like trying to talk to Audra. And I was trying to get it out. And she was like, what are you trying to say? And I'm like, oh gosh, my wife is super like prophetic and like straightforward, cut you like a knife, but she's awesome. And so she wasn't pulling any punches. She was like, what are you, what are you saying? Do you, am I, are you saying what I think you're saying? Well, what's crazy is I, I had these lies in my head about, um, about a girl that I had dated for like super short time before me and Audra started dating. And I had these lies in my head that sometimes I, th- I had this thought of, man, did I mess up? And this is real, right? You have these thoughts going through your mind. There's probably marriages out there right now listening. Like there's mm-hmm. these thoughts going through your mind. There's these lies going through your mind. And the moment you get them out in the light, the power of everything, it loses. But when it's stuck in your mind, it feels like a ton of bricks. And you're like, dude, I am so afraid to share this. If I share this, everything's over. Well, I finally get it out of my mouth, what I was trying to say. And I said, yeah, there's this. She goes, so you think sometimes that you made a mistake? I said, 
yes. And dude, it like it was crazy for a little bit. Like tears were being cried. We were just interceding. We were, she goes, Ross, I need you to pray. As we started praying in the spirit, the room shifts. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes in and gives clarity to everything. And so in a moment with sharing something that was super fearful for me to share, just a lie in my head, literally the power of that lie crumbled in a minute and we came back together. And then this beautiful moment takes place where we're just holding each other, loving each other, talking about how beautiful our marriage is, our family is, everything, and what a gift this journey has been. Dude, it literally, like deliverance can happen in a moment. Mm-hmm. And deliverance for me happened in a moment. I had been plagued with shame for 12 years. Um, and even probably longer than that, probably closer to 14, just with certain thoughts in my mind. That night, it proved to me that um, I, I don't have to leave any stone unturned. I can share everything. I can share anything because my foundation is on Him. He's our foundation, our marriage. It's literally when two become one, two become one because he's also in the marriage. It's literally three people. It's Mm. me, Audra, and the Lord all coming together, and he's our foundation. And so I just want to encourage everybody out there, if there's things that you're being, like right now you're being plagued with, you're afraid to share it, you need to go share it with somebody. If you're not married, go share it with somebody that you can trust, somebody who's safe um, and that can be a, like I said, a mature spiritual leader in your life, a pastor. Uh, if you're married um, and you're like, man, we're our, right now our marriage is in shambles, uh, man, get 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 another couple that you're really close with that you trust and do this thing, man. Don't allow shame and guilt and lies to ruin your life. It's not your inheritance. Your destiny is to live literally free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Mm. And man, that's what we experienced that night, man. In a, I mean, I'm talking in an hour's time. Everything for the last 14 years shifted in an hour's wow. time. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy. Because you were holding on to the idea of kind of what could have been? Yeah, I was ho- holding on to just different ideas of lies of, uh, man, I never I never played that out. I never fully went down that path with this girl to see if that was if she was going to be my wife, and always and the enemy would just come at me with all these different thoughts and say, "Dude, you missed it." And just beat me up over and over and over, and I just had these unsettled thoughts. And then when you get all those lies out, then all the truth of God comes back of why you got married yeah. and and who you had, who you why, have. why, you, like. But the dude, sometimes lies and all that stuff, dude, it clouds your mind. It, yeah. it can it can put a shadow over you, and you're like, dude, I can't hear, I can't see, I don't know, I don't wow. know how to fight this. But the moment you get lies and mm-hmm. like for me, uh, I had a I had a I had a 15 year addiction to porn. And when I finally was about to get married and my wife looks at me before we're going to get married, she goes, I will not marry a man that struggles with porn. I had a choice to make. I'm either going to keep struggling with porn or I'm not getting married, like I'm not going to get married or I'm going to stop and I'm going to pursue this one with all I have and give up this thing. And dude, in that moment, I had a choice to make and I made the choice. I said, I'm done. We're not doing, we're not going back to this. And so um, I started living in the light. I started putting people in my life. I started getting all these things out. And when you live in the light, addictions have to flee depression has to flee just get the things out of you that are in you that's so good yeah yeah i love that yeah and i appreciate that vulnerability and coming on here and being honest and leaving no no stone unturned yeah, and, and there's still, and there's still more you know that the there's still lies there's still more stones mm-hmm. uh, but what i learned that night is uh don't be afraid to walk through pain that's good don't be afraid to walk through pain the lord will see you through mm. 
Yeah. So good, man. Yeah. Well, Ross Reigns, bro. Appreciate you. you coming on, man. Zach, you're awesome, man. man love you. You're bro. awesome. Yeah. I love you too, man. And uh, for everybody listening, man, thank you so much for being here. Uh, do us a favor, man. Share this show, man. Get this out there. This is a great word. I feel like this episode had a lot of fruit to it and a lot of things that can help people spiritually grow. So share it to somebody you know, somebody that comes to your mind. Boom. Just send it out. Send the direct link. It's the easiest way for people to tune in. And if you haven't, tu- if you haven't subscribed to our uh, channels yet, please do so wherever you're listening on. It's, it helps us out more than you know. And if you'd like to partner with this ministry, you can actually do so on patreon it's our best way to do it we actually just had kenneth sign up this week we really appreciate you brother we have taylor perky on there and uh we're gonna do some really cool things as far as live shows soon where you can be able to come and uh see a live show a live podcast uh for free based on you being a patreon member we're trying to do some awesome things on there with some exclusive content as well so you can always find that in the description of this video or just go directly to patreon.com slash i like birds and then uh we just appreciate you being here man we uh the support for this ministry has been on over over overflow this year and we're just so grateful that we're able to do big things for god and just help people grow in their faith so we'll see you on the next one don't forget this is the i like birds podcast and we love you cheers yeah